Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Amen and amen. Good evening to everyone and you are welcome to Thrive. This is God's favorite house and this is our midweek Bible study called Thrive. It holds currently on Wednesdays and starts by 6 p.m. If today is your first time of joining us online, we want you to give us a thumbs up and we say a special welcome to you. Thank you for coming and joining us today. I will pray that God will meet with you wherever you are in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We'd like to invite you to also join us physically and online as well on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Welcome again to everyone. So last week we began um the study of the book of ephesians and it was such an amazing and impactful session in that teaching pastor Bolaji took us through an overview of the book of ephesians and he also started off with the first 14 verses so we're going to do a quick recap before we go on to the final eight verses of chapter one of the book of ephesians so we learned last week that Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. Um, the book was written to the people of Ephesus called the Ephesians. And there they worshipped over 50 gods with Artemis being, you know, at the center of their worship. And the Ephesus church was set up at about 50 AD. Ephesus is a real place. And back then... Um, it was like, it existed like the modern day Dubai. It had a lot of magnificent buildings and artifacts. And, but however, right now, it is an archaeological site because it has been eroded by silt and all of that. But some of those huge structures still exist. Um, we also learned that the book of Ephesians has six chapters and it is divided into two parts from chapter 1 to 3 and chapter 4 to 6. Uh, we learned also that the chapter 1 to 3 has the spiritual part that explains what we should believe and also to make us understand that we are chosen in Christ Jesus. Whilst chapter 4 to 6 is the practical part which tells us how to behave and how to live accordingly. So I want to encourage you, um, if you missed it, or just to refresh your memory, please go on YouTube and watch it again or listen to it on our podcast channel. So this week, we will be looking at the concluding verses of Ephesians chapter 1, which is um, from verses 15 to 23. So even though it's just about eight verses, we will read, we'll start by reading the entire chapter 1. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so from verse 1, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God 
to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus, who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. Verse 10. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Verse 12. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Verse 15. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are rich and who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Verse 19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Verse 23. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. 
May the Lord bless the reading and the understanding of his word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we kick off with um, verses 15 to 17. Um, the NLT says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of your God. And the Passion Translation, which I so love, says, because of this... Since I first heard about your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your tender love toward all his devoted ones, tender love toward all his devoted ones, my heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you as I constantly remember you in my prayers. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, will impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation, to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. Now recall that last week we learned that chapters 1 to 3 is the spiritual part that explains what we should believe and that we are chosen in him. So right here we see Paul giving thanks to the, to the Ephesians. Two things, he gave thanks to God for their strong faith, and he gave thanks to God for their tender love towards other believers. You know, and we, we, when we're doing the book of Hebrews, we looked at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. It says, make room in your heart to love other believers. So Paul was really excited that not only had they committed to Christ, they, their faith was really strong and they loved other believers. They loved other believers. On Sunday, Papi took us through how to love other believers in the I Love My Church series. And of course, um, a couple of Sundays before that, he had, you know, taken us through why I love my church. I, I would like to encourage you, if you missed those part series, please go back and watch them again. Because we see right here, Paul saying, it is important to love other believers. And, you know, one of the ways that, uh, Papi shared that we can use to love other believers is by connecting. When you connect with other believers, it shows your faith in Christ. You know, praise the Lord. And he also explained to us that when we connect with other believers, this would ensure that nobody is standing alone. No man is an island. No man can exist by himself. We were made for connection. If God wanted only one person on earth, he would have just stopped at Adam and left, you know, creation at Adam. But he said it is not good for man to be alone. And that man refers to you and I believers in Christ. Connect with other believers and God will continue to strengthen us in the mighty name of Jesus. So we learned also that the Ephesians had over 50 gods and goddesses, you know, that they were worshipping at that time. So you can understand the excitement that Paul had that these people were able to throw away these gods and goddesses and believe in Christ. And, you know, this, let's, let's bring it to reality here. These gods and goddesses were, were 
things that they had worshipped their whole lives. These gods and goddesses had been handed, probably handed over from one generation to another, and with each new generation, there are some modifications on how to worship these fake gods and goddesses. So Paul was excited that, yes, these people, they have not only thrown away these gods and goddesses, they have committed their They've committed to Christ, and not only that, their faith is growing stronger and stronger. And, pardon me, at this time, Paul did not say, oh, congratulations, you're now born again, go and find your way. No, <clears throat> he didn't say that. He said, I'm going to pray for you, because there's a higher level to which you should go, you know, and he says, there is a higher level of spirituality that you need to attain now that you are born again. And so he began to pray for them. And the next couple of verses, you know, is about the prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. And I want to encourage you because in God's favorite house, when people commit their lives to Christ, we are so excited and we celebrate. We celebrate because we know that, yes, the kingdom of God has been enriched by more lives. And when you rededicate your lives to Christ, the same thing happens. And we don't just stop there. No, 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 no. We do not stop there. We immediately engage you with an opportunity to join the community of faith through our 6 over 6. Now, what is 6 over 6? Some of us already know, but I'm just going to re re remind us of what 6 over 6 is in God's favorite house. So the first one is new creation reality, and this will help your walk with God. It teaches you how to hear from God. It teaches you so many things in Christ. And number two is the journey. And the journey is a multi-part series that basically takes you through who we are in God's favorite house, maturity in Christ, the missions, you know, and everything that you need to know and how to go for God in Christ. And number three is baptism by full immersion. We are always ready to baptize people by full immersion because that is what Jesus Christ commanded us to do. And number four, life groups. We, God's favorite house, we are a church of small groups and we understand the need for close connection. And we say, okay, listen, we have small groups called the life groups, join one that is close to you and you'll meet a community of believers and you'll stay connected. And with that, your love for one another actually grows. Number five, serving. Join a department, join a unit, join a unit and come and give back to God. And number six, counseling. We have good and godly trained counselors that are waiting to just speak with you and, you know, hold your hands and pray with you, regardless of the situation that you're going through. So this is our six over six. So if you are, kindly indicate on any platform they are on, any of the steps that you would like to engage in, and the online pastors will be more than happy to connect with you and help you with your walk with Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So moving on, verse 17, Paul prays for the Ephesians, it says, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, will impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom 
and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. And the New Living Translation says, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of God. And we, the people, say amen because it is an amazing prayer. We say amen. Now, a couple of things jump right at us from these verses. Number one, there are riches of the spirit of wisdom. That is spiritual wisdom. Number two, there are riches of the spirit of revelation, spiritual insight. And number three, you can only know more of God when your intimacy with him deepens. And these riches are imparted by God himself. And that's why Paul prayed, I pray that the Father of glory will impart upon you these riches. And we pray today that the Father of glory will impart to every one of us these riches in the mighty name of Jesus. So what are the riches of the spirit of wisdom? What are these spiritual wisdom? What are these things? There are so many. However, today, because of time, we're just going to pick on uh, like three or four of them. Number one, Proverbs chapter one, verse one. And I've titled this one, The Power to Reign in Life. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1, the Passion Translation says, Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by, and words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life, written as Proverbs by Israel's King Solomon, David's son. So the spirit of wisdom gives you power to reign in life. You know, so we see here that Paul didn't just want the Ephesians to just exist. Like, okay, now you're born again, so continue life like normal. No, he says you need wisdom. And wisdom can impart riches upon you that will give you power to reign in life. And as Christians, God wants us to have the power to reign in this life. You see, because it's not, oh, if it was, um, you're born again, okay, so God takes you away. No, 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 There is a purpose. There is a purpose for our existence, and we need power to reign in that purpose. Otherwise, God would have just called us home to heaven, straight up. Once you say, oh, Lord, I surrender, you just say, come home, my son, come home, my daughter. But no, God says, no. You're going to stay here and you will reign, but you need spiritual wisdom. You need spiritual wisdom to reign and succeed in life. So there is a purpose for your existence. And regardless of whatever field you're in, regardless of whatever business you're doing, regardless of whatever job you're doing, God says, I can empower you. I want to empower you to reign in that industry. I want to empower you to reign. So no matter, even if it's only one gift or one idea that you think you have, the spirit of wisdom calls out and says, I want to show you a different way to do it that will blow the mind of people. And we pray that the spirit of wisdom will empower us to reign in every sphere of our life in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So I want to share an example. Say, for instance, you fry puff puff, right? You, many people are frying puff puff, you know, but when you engage with the spirit of wisdom, you hear things like, oh, why don't you add stick meat? Why don't you add gizzard? Why don't you do, add this one and add that one? Oh, why don't you put it in a nice package? Or why don't you start 
sending it to people at their various events. That is wisdom. The person that started the idea of small jobs just sat down and said, what do I do? And this wisdom came. And, you know, beyond that, you can actually begin to modify the content of the small jobs. Now, this is just an example. You can actually modify the content. Say, for example, you begin to make strawberry puff puff and chocolate puff puff and vanilla puff puff. And I tell you, it tastes yummy. I have tried making strawberry puff puff and it is absolutely yummy. So if you're out there and you're grabbing these insights, remember to come and pay me royalty for it all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But here, if we sit down with the spirit of wisdom, it says, talk to me and I will empower you to reign. I'll give you a special insight that will take you higher above your peers. And God will do this for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Number two, keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 2, the Passion Translation says, Within these sayings will be found the revelation of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding. Use them as keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge. So the spirit of wisdom enriches us by giving us keys to unlock treasures of true knowledge. So if there is or there are true knowledge, then that means that there is false knowledge. So we need the spirit of wisdom to give us the keys to unlock what is true and what is false. Say for, say for instance now, you are an artist and you paint different um, artwork on, on canvas. You are the owner of that masterpiece. You know every brush stroke, you know every color palette. So if you go out and you see it anywhere, you immediately identify it as this is the true copy of what I have done. However, if there's a, there's a mix-up in the color palette, you would identify immediately that this is false. And that is what the spirit of wisdom gives us, keys to unlock, is this true or is this false? It makes us have a deeper insight on what um, normally we would have just walked past and not realized that there is a difference in this thing. Same thing when you see um, the counterfeit of an original. It means that an original exists somewhere. An original exists somewhere. So when we begin to hear, oh, there is a God somewhere, there is a God somewhere, it's because there is an original. And Jesus Christ is the original. Jesus Christ is the original. And the spirit of wisdom gives us the key to unlock the greatness and the truth that exists within our knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I pray that the spirit of wisdom will continue to empower us to unlock true knowledge in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Number three, brilliant strategies for leadership. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5. The Passion Translation says, For the wise... These proverbs will make you even wiser. And for those with discernment, you will be able to acquire brilliant strategies for leadership. So we see here that the spirit of wisdom gives us brilliant strategies for leadership. So Paul not only desired that the Ephesians be born again, he also wanted them to be able to lead others to Christ. And like we say in God's favorite house, we'll do anything apart from sinning. 
to draw people close to Christ. So now remember that in Ephesus, there were a lot of mini-gods, so many mini-gods. You know, so it was important that those that were committed to Christ stayed true to the calling and were also able to lead others to what they have received in Christ Jesus. So, you know, and there was, uh, there was a teaching that Papi did and he said that, you know, we sometimes as believers erroneously believe that, oh, um, we, there's a kingdom of God that is separate from the secular life. No, no. Everything we do is to birth the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God. It translates to our everyday life, our work life, our home life, our church life. There is no distinction. And we need the strategy to lead and be ahead in this kingdom. And we receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And number four, I've titled this one, Ability to Unravel Words. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 6, These kingdom revelations will break open your understanding to unveil the deeper meaning of parables, poetic riddles, and epigrams, and to unravel the words and enigmas of the wise. So spiritual wisdom gives us the ability to unravel words and enigma. Remember again that the Ephesians were serving a lot of gods before then. So they needed, um, they needed an insight to unravel the mystery in the word of God. Otherwise, they've known these small gods probably all their lives. So being in Christ, they needed something higher. They needed a higher level of wisdom to operate in what they have received. And the same applies to us today as believers. We need this impartation in our lives. And we pray that the Father of glory will impart upon us the riches that are available in spiritual wisdom in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So moving on, we, the verses that we read earlier, uh, we mentioned that you can only know more of God when your intimacy of him deepens. So how can I deepen my intimacy with God? The answer is simple. Spend time in his word. Spend time in his presence through prayer, praise, and, you know, just gisting with God. It's not every time that you'll be praying, oh, my enemies fall down and die, fall down and die, fall down and die. Oh, Father, bless me. Oh, Father, bless me. No, it's beyond that. God wants to commune with you and I. You know, the Bible says that, you know, when he made Adam, he used to come down in the cold of day and just gist with Adam. That's that's a deeper level. God just wants to gist with you, you know, so you can have a normal conversation with God. Have a normal conversation and say stuff like, ah, Lord, I saw a pair of red shoes today. Ah, and I really liked it. Oh, should I buy it? And then you hear, don't buy it. Or, oh, buy it. It will look good on you. Yes, that's how you begin to hear clearly. You begin to distinct. You, you can, you know, tell the difference between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy because you're used to having a normal conversation, you know. Um, so if something happened to me, I think a couple of days it rained so heavily in the morning. And the day before, I was just like, God, ah, should I go out tomorrow or not? You know, and I felt I heard, don't go out. I said, ah, Che God, why now? 
So I woke up that morning like, mm, did I hear don't go out? Did I hear go out? You know, and I was still busy trying to use my human brain, you know. And the next thing, it started raining. And it rained and rained and rained until my street got flooded. And I said, Lord, you need not say anymore. My bed, where are thou? You know, and I just jumped on my bed like, I hear you loud and clear. I need to take a break. So I'm going to take a break. And that's what gisting with God is all about. You know, it builds intimacy. God will say, get up and pray now. I want you to pray about this. I want you to study your Bible now. That's intimacy with God. And I pray that God will take us there in the mighty name of Jesus. So God is interested in every detail of our life. It's not just about the big issues. He's interested in the small issues. He's interested in what color of dress you want to wear. He's interested in He's interested in everything. He's interested in whether you should eat bread and sausage this morning or you should not even eat at all. He's interested in everything, you know. So, and when we begin to build this intimacy, we can get to the level, you know, like Papi shared with us, like when he shakes someone's hand, he says, Lord, who is this person? And God just tells him, oh, this person is A, B, C, D. Ah, that is deep. He doesn't have to pray for 10 hours. Father, Lord, tell me, who is this person? Father, Lord, tell me, who is this person? No. It comes with daily conversations. It comes with, you know, walking with Christ every day and just talking generally with him. You can hear clearly. You can hear clearly, you know. So the veil is torn, as we heard on Sunday. The veil is torn. God says, come. Jews and Gentiles, come. I want to have a closer relationship with you. Come, come closer, come closer. Every veil that was in front of us has been torn and remains torn in the mighty name of Jesus. So we come closer by the blood of Jesus. And you know, the world we are in today, there's so many sounds and voices all over the place. Everybody is trying to catch our attention here and there. But as we begin to walk deeply with God. We hear him clearly and we will succeed in this in the mighty name of Jesus. You, you know, you will hear a voice behind you that says, this is the pathway. Walk therein. I am with you. And God will walk with us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Verse 18 says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his only ones. Beautiful prayer right there. Because it, it shows us, number one, we need the light of God to illuminate our eyes of imagination. Number two, the flood of God's light helps you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. And number three, the hope of his calling is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. So this wealth already exists in us. It exists in you and it exists in I. However, without the flooding of the light of God, we really cannot discover it. 
so let's look at the first one. It says, we need the light of God to illuminate our eyes of imagination. This clearly tells us that there is an ordinary sight and there is an imaginary sight. Now, the imaginary sight is what we need illumination because our ordinary sight, we already see everything and everyone around us. But beyond that, there is an inner sight. And to see through that lens, it has to be flooded by the light of God. So let me break it down. If you wear pink lens, you will see everything as pink. If you wear green lens, everything becomes green. If you wear black, everywhere grows dark. So imagine if you're wearing the light of God, allowing the light of God to flow through your eyes. Everywhere is lit up. Everywhere is bright. Everywhere is white. And everywhere is beautiful. Everywhere is beautiful because of the lens that you're viewing the situation in life through. And that's why the Bible says in Titus chapter 1, verse 15, Unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. Even their mind and conscience is defiled. So you see, when the light of God fills your eyes of imagination, all things become pure. And you begin to see things through God's filter. You begin to you see things in the purest of form. Your imagination is lit up because the light that floods your eyes and your insight is straight from the Father's throne room. And this takes us straight to the next part of the prayer, which says the flood of God's light helps you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. So there is a full revelation of the hope of his calling. And the third part of that prayer, which is so amazing, describes the hope of his calling as the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us. He doesn't say that this wealth is going to come down someday. No, it exists in us already. It exists in us. Just believe it. Just believe it. Just believe it that it exists in you. The wealth of God's glorious inheritance exists in you, exists in I. You know, and it says that the light of God floods our lives and it helps us to see. So you and I have the deposit of God's glorious inheritance already. And I pray that the Father of glory will flood our eyes and our lives with light so that this glorious wealth is seen to us and seen to all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, Among them, the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, to prevent them. So it means, again, that this light, this wealth, it exists already. But we need the light of God. We need the light of God. The, the, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of so many people. But you know, like the songwriter says, where is darkness at the sight of light? It evaporated at the gleams of light. And God, you are the light that makes my life shine bright. And as I look your face, I become the light. And as you look on God, you become the light. And this light of Jesus will flood our hearts and our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Verse 19 and 20. 
says, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. So we see right there that, number one, the greatness of God's power exists. Not only does this power exist, it is immeasurable. It cannot be measured. It is enough for everyone. And not only is it immeasurable, it was released. It's not it will be released or it will someday come to birth. No, it was released when God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and placed him in the place of highest honor and authority in the heavenly realm. Hallelujah. This is so exciting for me because it means that this power already exists in us. It exists in you and I. We just need to walk in it. We just need to walk in it. So how do we continually experience this? Brings us to the verse 15 when Paul says, I thank God for your strong faith. So we need faith to walk in this immeasurable power that God already used to raise Christ Jesus from the dead. Matthew 17, 20 says, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as the mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing would be impossible. And, you know, we studied more about faith in um, the just concluded book of Hebrews, uh, specifically Hebrews chapter 11. There was faith that came up in the other chapters. But if you missed it, please watch um, Hebrews chapter 11 um, on Thrive. Because verse 1 of that chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we need to activate our faith in action. And when we display the power of God through faith, verse 19 says, then your life will be an advertisement of this immense power as it walks through you. We become a walking billboard. We become a walking billboard, a live advert, fully advertising the power, the greatness of God's glory. Change lives, which is our mission in God's Spirit House. Change lives. Your life, my life, becomes a billboard of the immeasurable power of God's glory. People see that and they say, I want to follow this Jesus. I want to be like you. I want to be like you. And I pray that the measurable power of God's greatness will flood our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Just believe it. Amen. Verse 20 to 23 says that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realms. Um, verses 21 to 23 says, and now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth. And that which fills him 
who is being filled by it. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ is exalted above every ruler. So there's an obvious hierarchy here. We know that the ruler will dictate the law of the land and the citizens are, you know, subject to it. So Jesus' rulership, you know, is exalted above every ruler. Not just in this age, but in the age to come. He's gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised. He is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. We are complete in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ plus nothing equals everything. Jesus Christ plus nothing equals everything. Everything we need for godliness and existence is found in Christ Jesus. Now we, his church, are his body on earth. And that which fills Christ fills us. Everything that fills Christ fills us. The NLT version of verse 23 says, And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. It is so important that we get it as believers. We must understand we are Christ's body on earth. The immeasurable great power that raised Christ was released to us. And we have authority in Christ Jesus over everything. We have been chosen in Christ Jesus. We have been chosen in Christ Jesus. Just believe it. So I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And this is the end of chapter one. Praise God. So do we have any questions? Ah, good evening, sir. Welcome, puppy. Hi, welcome. Well done. Thank you, sir. Um, so we're asking if there are any questions. Um, we don't seem to have any questions. So I have a question. Now, my question is this. Some Christians seem to believe that, okay, so I'm born again. I'm not of this kingdom. I'm not of this earth. So I'm not subject to the laws of the land. Can you shed more insights on that, you know? Hmm. I'm not of this land. So I'm not subject to the powers or the authority of, of, of the states, right? Yes, sir. I think uh, that is fully because they should try and um, go and steal someone's money. Or go and rob it. <laughs> then you realize that you are under authority, you know, mm. and you can't just do as you please, you know. Um, the scriptures are clear. There's no, there's no authority but of God. Every power is instituted by God. So um, the fact that you are on earth is and you're a believer in Christ is no is no excuse for being law-abiding, you know, we have to be law-abiding, <laughs> interestingly. Um, 
Um, something interesting happened to me today. Um, I was on my way back from Victoria Island, and you know, um, my my driver went straight into a one-way path. You know, it was one way clearly marked out. I, I mean, I was maybe reading on my phone. I can't remember. So, I, as soon as it got in. I saw that it was one way. I stopped him immediately. I told him to, to turn back, you know. And, you know, so the question, oh, let's just go. We are already on the road. No, no, no. I said, no, no, no. We have to turn back, you know. And, and we did turn back. <laughs> you know, because ah. we, are out of, we are not above the law. We are supposed to be even an example of mm. what it is to, to abide by. Um, the, the laws of the land, you know, um, actually, yeah. But something interesting happened after that. that <laughs> <laughs> the last man, do, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> those people. So, so last one, those guys are amazing. So what, what, what happened was, after we, I didn't, we didn't even see them. Mm -hmm. We turned. So once we turned, we were just, they just stood in front of us. <laughs> so I said to the last one guy, look, you saw what happened. You were not, no one told us to turn. We realized it was um, a wrong way and we did the turn ourselves. In fact, we were facing the right direction when you are in front of us. Absolutely. But he still insisted, he said the penalty is to forfeit my car. That's the law. I have to forfeit the car. They have to take the car, you know. And I always say to them that look, in other crimes, when they see that you made an honest mistake, mm -hmm. you, you actually did the turn yourself. I said to him, why do we uh, make life difficult for ourselves as Nigerians? You know, mm. why do we? As if anyone that has any form of power wants to oppress the other person or express the other person or you know, so at the end of the day, you know, I didn't give them a dime and, you know, you know, I, I, I made a call and they let us go. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing how those people always manage to hide somewhere. And I always ask myself, instead of hiding, just stay there. And if someone wants to make the wrong turn, just say, wrong turn, don't go in. Simple. They just go and hide somewhere. Ha! Ah, it is what it is. <laughs> Oh, amazing. So, um, sorry, I don't know if you want to add more to um, tonight's teaching, if there are other things you'd like to share with us. I mean, I mean, you did, you did amazing. Um, um, as far as the teaching is concerned, I mean, I just want to add um, to the question, maybe the flip side of the question is, while we are subject to the law of the land, you know, does there come a time where, even though we see from scriptures, Romans 13 verse one says, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. So it's clear. Mm. You know, so at, at what point do we um, resist? Should we 
submit when the authority are killing people, taking lives, valuing cows more than human beings. At, at what point do we, I mean, so I want to hear your thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the scripture you read, I mean, doesn't say, oh, you should no longer submit to them if they do A, B, C, D. So now, whilst they may be defaulting in the leadership um, abilities, have they defaulted in, have they defaulted by instituting laws that are against um, the laws of the land, the pre-existing laws? Um, until they do that, we are still subject to the basic laws that have been instituted. Like the example we shared, it's one way, don't follow one way. So while the cows can follow one way, we, the humans, should not follow one way. Because if we do, we will be arrested. And the cows will be set free. I mean, that's my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you because we have to, regardless. However, um, when the authority is now not in line with God, the same way when the apostles were being um, jailed mm. and 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 they were being told that these are authorities of the land, they should submit to them if they are servants of God. And the apostles asked them, you judge for yourself. Is it better for us to obey man than to obey God? So there comes a time, I pray it doesn't happen in this country, where, where the, the, the government and of the land is an enemy of the state. So, mm. so when, when we say, um, when God said Nigeria will win, you know, um, sometimes I, I'm praying that it is not the government that is the enemy of, of Nigeria, you know, mm. and, and, and that the people are in line with the government, you know, that's our prayer. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. We all stay aligned to that which God has called us to in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Okay. Um, I don't think we have um, any other question. So over to you, Papi. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Morolake. And um, well done on the um, teaching. Um, God bless and replenish you. In the Amen. name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Let make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Amen. Let look up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. So shall it be? Amen. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen. Because this is our year of lifting God's holy house. Lifted Amen. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh.